just can't get rid of a bomb. Will. This is Thomas. And we're back at the virtual spinner rack this week for another back issue. Uh, this week we're going to take a look at Tales from the Crypt issue 32 from EC. Did they have spinner racks when this came out? Uh, no. Uh, maybe. I remember they had spinner racks when I came out. When you can, wow. <laughs> which is which is almost fifty four years ago, so there's a chance they they might have had them, uh, or they might have been up. They were probably on the magazine stand, yeah, because they were like oversized, so they they wouldn't have fit in like the uh, the standard spinner rack back then. So they would have just been like on a magazine stand, probably next to the Playboys. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> when they used to have girls in them. Uh, <laughs> Good lord! No, so you got you got one thing this week. You got the, the oh yeah the yeah yeah I bought volume of creepy yeah I bought creepy one. I didn't know they did them. Like I said, I showed I think like I got two in like two weeks ago, and I was like, holy crap, I missed one. So I went on Amazon, and you know, of course they they've got a big discount. So I went ahead and ordered it. Um, it's got you know one page of Presetta art in it, a bunch of Presetta covers. Um, Joe Orlando actually does the art in the first issue of Creepy, which kind of, you know, that, that was a little shocking to me. I didn't figure he would be, um, I don't always think of him as like the, you know, a leading, you know, massive, you know, creative force in the time. But I mean, dude, I mean, he's, he's in issue one. Al Williamson is in issue one. Williamson is in a different level to himself to me. I mean, Williamson's yeah. amazing. And uh, Reed Crandall, um, they pretty much do all the art for the first issue. Um, and, uh, well, excuse me. Uh, I did, hold it. I did mislook it. There is a Frank Frazetta story in the first one, too. Uh, it's a few pages. Nice. Yeah. That almost uh, looks like the Frank Frazetta story we read like a year ago. I don't remember like the uh, his version of Tarzan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Thunder. Uh, Thunder. Yeah, damn dude. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it does. It looks a little like it. And then Gary Morrow, and you know now Gary Morrow is somebody who I never really um paid a whole lot of attention to, um, but now there he did a. And it's real risque. It's got some, uh, oh, Jesus, it's got a bunch of uh, nudity and everything in it in the series he did. But he did a creator-own, like, written artist-drawn story for Pacific Comics. And it, uh, uh, I can't remember what the name of it is. Hold on, I'll tell you. Uh, I picked it up. I haven't read it yet. Hey, Hex. Hey, Buzz. 
Everyone's got a second chance uh, campaign going over on FMC uh, yeah. for Bloodbone. Oh, sweet. Um, Edge of Chaos. Um, that's it. Um, see if I can get you a picture. That way you can see what I'm talking about. And that's a, it's a Gary Morrow story. Like I said, I didn't know, um, I didn't know he had done it. This is one, just one of them. There you go. One of them creators you never really pay attention to. I'm more, there's so many, but, uh, apparently he did a whole bunch of stuff in the seventies, horror and everything else. And then this is kind of a, um, I remember went through it, read some of it. Um, a lot of, you know, not a lot of nudity, but there was a lot of nudity in it. If that makes any sense. Uh, but it, you know, PC. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't PC was never PC. No. <laughs> and that's why I, I love it. But yeah. Yeah. Just one of the characters, you know, creators, you don't want to ever pay, yeah, pay attention to. That, that character looked a little bit like Hercules if he was late in the loafers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. But yeah, this all cool art throughout the whole stuff. Now I will say one thing: reading the creepy and then like looking at the book we're doing tonight, dude, mm -hmm. they are radically different. Oh yeah. I mean, I know there's about twenty years that separate them, but. Ooh. Yeah, this this issue was. I was like, oh, this is so good. This is awesome. This is so good. And then I'm like, wow, when this thing came out. <laughs> Did they have like the townsfolk with pitch pitchforks and, and torches like surrounding their building? Oh my god. This is why they had freaking Senate subcommittee meetings. I was I looked it up. I was trying to find like one of the worst issues, just like like top of the line, you know, this has got a little this is something to trigger everybody. Um, I think this one pretty much does. <laughs> oh yeah. And you know, oof. <laughs> So uh, before we jump, dive into the book, uh, there is a uh, Kickstarter out. Last week we uh, we took a look at uh, Matt Wagner and Kelly Jones's uh, new graphic novel. Uh, that's Dracula. Dra Dracula, uh, book one. They're all being done. Hey, Alan, how are you? Good to see you, bud. Um, they're all being done. Is like you know thick graphic novels like over 112 pages um they just overtook the number one graphic novel of all time on kickstarter really the 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 dracula one mm -hmm. damn yeah. yeah it looks really good uh i have not heard back from either kelly or matt but they are like super busy uh going on much bigger platforms <laughs> oh yeah we'll have to call um you, like the joker and uh mask of no uh what mask of the phantasm even though you yeah. never call and you never write <laughs> <laughs> i back i backed it already um did you i backed the hardcover that uh that matt and his son did oh cool so he, he drew it and his son uh did the color did the colors on it um and i'm like that's like the best of both worlds, I think, that issue. Because yeah. you get Matt and his son on the cover, and then the entire inside of the book is all Kelly Jones. So, it's all Kelly Jones, yeah. You know. And I like I like some of the other covers, but I'm like 
And I just spent like 80 plus dollars on, uh, on stuff from the dude. So, uh, Uh, the Bella Lugosi Kickstarter is good. I'm getting it. Cool. Yeah, it's uh, it's like a uh, biography of Bella Lugosi. It's got oh, nice. a ton of pictures in it and everything. It's huge. I've been seeing, I guess I've been seeing stuff pop up. What was weird is I was just trying to grab the link for the Kickstart, one of the Kickstarters off of uh, Facebook. So if I scroll on my phone, I can't scroll for more than two seconds without another Kickstarter coming up on my phone. But when I come on my computer... They're all gone. <laughs> all gone. So I, I just went and you know looked it up. So, uh, boom. Yeah, dude, this does. I mean, I remember playing this when we, you know, we were a little younger. There, so much fun. Three thousand one hundred and sixty-six backers. It's already a half a million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's in four days. It was funded in four hours. Yeah, I think this is going to be made. <laughs> yeah. 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 This so is... The goal was 250K. <laughs> it did that and it did more than that in four hours. Oh my God. That's, like... That is funny. And <laughs> what, was, what was killing me because I'm like watching, I'm watching my funds. Um, <laughs> was because uh, the guy, Andy, that I buy off of his, uh, like, sales streams, because he, he deals, like, a lot of, uh, like, bronze and silver stuff, right? Yeah. And he had, he was doing a special show. It was, like, the anniversary of something. And uh, he had three rows going. So the, the first row, it was, like, all stackers. You yeah. didn't have to buy the entire stack. You could just, you know, buy whatever issue you wanted. Uh, the first row, all the books were a buck. Uh, the second and third rows were all 50% off of whatever he said the book was. So okay. it was a $20 book. It cost $10. He had a turtle stack in there. Oh, sweet. Um, some of it was like the image, you know, the cartoony... We're doing this for the toy line crap. Yeah. But he had a bunch of original, like, later issues of Mirage original turtles. Yeah, like 10th printings. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like issue like 17 or 29 yeah. or, you know, stuff like that. It's like when you when you run into a collector that uh, has turtles under glass, shall we say, uh, it's usually only the first four issues. That's it. And then they're like, yeah. Don't you want to read the rest of it? He goes, Oh no, I just get them and 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 get them graded. Uh that way I can keep trading or selling them so I can get like better copies. Yeah. And as we're sitting here staring at the screen, the price just keeps ticking up on it. Oh, did it just go up again? <laughs> yeah, just yeah, just uh there it goes again. Yeah, and I just saw it go up again. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> man, this thing goes up like my blood, like my blood pressure. Jesus. So, uh, I mean, we did the first TMNT, and it was such a damn good book. I, oh, I remember was so ruthless. The, I mean, back 
it was kind of one of the things you never really read that much when you were when I was younger because it's like oh it's kind of silly but you know read it now and you're like holy crap man this this stuff is off the chain <laughs> yeah all the little kids that were buying that you know it looked you know ooh, it's a bunch of turtles that can talk and they're ninjas yeah okay great and then you read it and you're like Oh, little Johnny shouldn't be reading this. No, no. <laughs> and before you know it, he goes online to ninjaworld.com, which, as far as I know, doesn't exist, but probably does. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and starts starts ordering like size and katanas. And, you know, Ninja back World. in the 90s, they wouldn't care. You know, there were like five states. Unfortunately, mine was one of them that they can't ship weapons to you to your home. They just like enter, like they'll let, they'll let you pay for them. But then the authorities will intercept them and then charge you with a crime, even though you never received them. Really? And then you're out money. Yeah. Mm. So uh, Sean Owen Robertson is uh, the creative director and business partner over at Paladin Books. Yeah. Um, and he's, you know, one of the ones that is doing this. They've created like three kickstarters they backed like he's backed like six of them um best-selling rpg hit from 1985 yeah i didn't realize it was that long ago but yeah i thought it was a little later than that 89 so, is what i was thinking this came out i guess in like the heyday of uh the heyday of uh D. &D. oh well yes dude D, D was yeah, it was, Ma it was still TSR back then. Yeah, it's TSR. This is when this is still first edition because uh, second edition came out in '89, I think it was. Because mm. um, '85 uh, was still first edition D and D. This is freaking dude. Temporal of Elemental Evil. This is when the damn Forgotten Realms ser uh, box set come out. Yes, this is this is when D and D was D and D. Even yeah. second edition is great. Uh, I don't mess too much with the, uh, with, I don't, well, I haven't played D&D &D in 20 years. But now D&D &D is, uh, is soft. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, this is, but then see this, this come out and this was, I can't remember, is, does it say at the top if this was a Steve Jackson's game, Steve Jackson games? Uh, it's, it's not saying. Uh, Palladium books. Because remember, Steve Jack Jackson Games did, um, they did uh, Grups, um, which was a generic universal role-playing game system or something like that. And mm -hmm. they had a lot of stuff like that. And you could do anything in Grups, dude. You could have all kind of craziness going on. And it just, it was awesome. Um just random make this crap up and just have fun but yeah um, so they are returning to print as two officially licensed deluxe hardcover collections of the rpg and all source books each is completely remastered uh includes rules clarifications and is updated to full color Bonus material includes an array of new artwork never before seen, uh, behind the scenes info, and art uh, 
remembrances and tributes by renowned comic book and RPG creators, uh, Kevin Eastman, Peter Laird, uh, Freddie Williams II, uh, Sophie Campbell, Jim Lawson, Ciro Nelly, David Peterson, Stephen Cummings, Ramon Perez, and many more. Yeah. And ooh, a puppy dog. A puppy dog. <laughs> a um, big puppy dog. Yeah, mutant dog. It's it's like Boxy from uh, Battlestar Galactic on steroids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then you got uh, Cyclops right there. <laughs> yeah, wire terror. Um, mutate your own hero or anti-hero from a wide variety of urban, rural, and wild animals, from birds to exotic zoo animals. Train them up with a variety of skills, combat experience, weapons, cool gear, and even psychic powers. Uh, explore, adventure, uh, discover. What is a remaster? We know what a remaster is. It means yeah. they just made it again and added added something to it, like, oh, color. Yeah, exactly. Cleaned up the print. Mm -hmm. Yep, remaster text, uh, art upgrades, uh, fresh, clean book. I got to look it up now because it's like killing me. Oh, my God. You can still go to Palladium Games, Palladium Books. They've actually still got their website up. Uh, man, uh, apparently they're still running right along. Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Two cover art by Freddie Williams II with colors by uh, Michael Majestic after the classic cover art by Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. So there's more than one book. Sweet. Um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and other strangeness. Redil edition. Oh. I, I like the uh, I like the Trans Dimensional Adventures cover. It's awesome. Oh, with the dinosaur. Yeah. Yeah. Um. This is a 256-page full-color reissue. Contains the following remastered with modern modern layout. Uh, new Hobbit homage cover art. Uh, the classic 85 uh, Turtles game core RPG book now in full color. Turtles Go Hollywood adventure <laughs> book now in full color. Trucking Turtles. <laughs> uh, eight pages of original comics created by uh, for the RPG by uh, Kevin Eastman and Peter Lair now in full color. 35 original mutant animal illustrations for the RPG by Kevin and Peter now in full color. Because everything was black and white. Yep. Uh, featuring all the rules for creating five new mutant animals. The gecko. <laughs> You're going to save a lot of money on not having car insurance. Uh, Damn it. Great white shark. A ring-tailed wormer. A so penguin, that could be King, King Julian. <laughs> yeah. An alligator snapping turtle. With one or more illustrated by Sophie Campbell, plus a new feral hand-to-hand -hand combat system for mutants who grew up in the wild, with an equipment chapter, 
updated with modern gear, not available, not available in 1985. Yeah. Uh, it also includes classic rules, clarified and updated. For older new fans, like yeah, this we need to do this. That way we could, I could get it. We could play, and I can make King Julian and just <laughs> go and save save the world. <laughs> Both books include added tributes and making of features. Uh, this cover is not yet revealed. Yeah. I like the black, white, and red. Yeah, it's kind of good. It's, it's a cool. That's a. It's probably nicer than the color version. Yeah, yeah it uh, is. The, the problem is, is because every every time they do something like this, they're like, "Oh, you like that one? Okay. Well, the second one isn't revealed yet, but that one's more money." Yeah. <laughs> because we're gonna we're gonna make something look uber cool and we're going to charge you a crap ton of money. Oh God. What? Why is the T-Rex going around the stripper pole? <laughs> That's what it looks like right here. Is it like this big pole <laughs> stick or something? It's probably like one of their web, one of the dinosaurs weapons. Exactly. Yeah. But. We're going to, we're going to go with, it's not a stripper pole. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Uh, variant cover editions and Kickstarter exclusives. Neither of these, of course, are, you know, once we get over the million dollars, we'll we'll show what one of these might look like. Uh, these are exclusive variant cover paintings by uh, Kevin Eastman and Sophie Campbell. It's the Mutagen green foil stamped cover editions exclusive for Kickstarter. The secret of the ooze ones. Yep. Yeah. So like these, I'd be like, okay, what you want to do is you want to buy these. And then as soon as the, the game, the standard editions get released to the gaming stores. Yeah. Then you sell the green foil editions for big money. Right after you have this one signed by Kevin. Dang it. You're like, okay, well, how much was that in the Kickstarter? Oh, it was $250. Oh, wow. But this one's signed by Kevin Eastman, and there's a, there's a sketch of uh, Leonardo on the inside. Are you selling that? Uh-huh. How much? $1,000. It says the... Uh... It says the uh, the, 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 the mutagen mystic foil covers are 160 a pop. <laughs> Lovely. Yeah. We'll, we'll take the fifty dollar editions. Yeah, uh, 160 bucks. And it gets it says it has four items in there: the 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 book, uh, the transdimensional adventures mutant green edition, plus two more things. And they've got special fan roll dice by Metallic Dice Games. Oh, those look pretty. So there's Donatello resin dice set, Leonardo, Mikey, Michelangelo, Raphael, and a Shredder aluminum dice set. 
I wonder if you get the shredder set if you have to play with like a tinfoil hat. Damn it. But they're obviously all their sets are like come in like these specialty boxes and Yeah, it's got a theme it says a mat yeah. or carrying case too or something. Yeah. And they're yeah, so like it's got like this little pouch with your turtle on it. And it's their their specific dice are done in like their color, so like their mask color. So Raphael's a red, Donatello's a pur at purple. Uh, Michelangelo's are orange. Shredders are just spray painted flat gray. Yeah, <laughs> to look like his aluminum or, or steel yeah. hel helmet. Yeah. And then there's a uh, a dice tray. It's a it's a felt dice tray, but it's got like the ooze coming up from the turtle sewer cover. Yeah, which which is pretty cool. I've got one. Uh, the gaming store I used to go to all the time. Uh, made made and branded their own dice trays. Really? Because they could get them like for cheaper. I've got I've got one back there. I'll get it and show it in a little bit. He just went down. Shut up, dog. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, he's getting, he's old. Getting crank, cranky. Teen, you hero set. Do you see Momo, that? Did Momo you see? CD wants to, wants to, how do I get mod? Mod for what? What you mad at? I mean, mod at. Do you see they have, uh, they have, like thousand and three thousand dollar tiers, they're all oh, sold yeah. out. Mm -hmm. It's like holy oh, crap! Those are probably split between super fans and dealers. Yeah, that are looking to sell these things like before they even get them. This is kind of cool. Yeah, I guess it's for your dice or something to put them in. Ooh, miniature exclusives too. Uh, RPG miniature set. Uh, Donatello, uh, Leonardo, Michelangelo, and Raphael. Uh, Casey Jones and Splinter. Oh. Two Ultrons. That's the that's the TCRI aliens in robot bodies. So that's what that is. And more to be unlocked in stretch goals. See below, including. Fugitoid. Uh, the villains are. Whoop, what happened there? No! No! What happened? It freezes. Yeah, no, no. I, I, I was trying. I had like a whole bunch of stuff come up as notifications. And I was trying to, you know, X them all out. <laughs> and I hit one and like opened up a window and I thought I went from this to that and I'm like no Thank you. Uh, the villain sets are the terror bears pain fear doom and nightmare bear shredder and two foot clan ninja like there's only two foot clan nightmare bear <laughs> Igor and Carl Doc Ferrell's mutant animal henchman uh, more to be unlocked upon stretch goals
Every time I see that, all, all I can think of is Miss Piggy. Damn it. It's like a little Miss Piggy. <laughs> That's her. terrible. Roll, roll a Miss Piggy character and just yell as loud as you can in a in a high pitched voice. Uh, Mutagen uh, green liquid core dice set. Neat. Uh, game screen, uh, which of course is the theme game game screen. Uh, here's a here's another piece of them in the robot bodies. Uh, done by Eastman and Laird with colors by uh, Michael Majestic. Unlocked goals, milestone one, $250,000. The original 1985 TMNT and other strainness uh, cover art as a print, uh, eight and a half by 11. What? Everything else is still locked. Um, milestone two, which is unlocked now, but they haven't updated, uh, is an introductory TMNT adventure written by Sophie Campbell and Kevin Cymbalier, uh, with four Ninja Turtles ready to play as pre-generated characters, uh, will be available for the reward level backers via PDF digital download. Uh, milestone three at 750k. The original 89 uh, transdimensional cover art as a poster. Um, when it hits a million, bonus fugitoid miniature, miniature and rules. So you'll get a fugitoid with rules to play that. And everything else is just, you know, you need to have TCRI clearance, which we don't have. Yeah. The co I just looked up the cover. The actual cover for the 85 game is pretty much the same cover as, you know, as now. They just, they, they did. They just remastered it. Yeah, they just had somebody else redraw it. There you go. Can they come with these costumes? That would be funny. Damn it. I so, love L.A. I love L.A. Uh Dude, nobody loves that. Like quite literally. Yeah. So what's this? Uh, the foot soldier basic. Uh, one item included plus additional add-ons. Is the uh, TMNT another strangeness redo edition? Yeah. Uh, Mutant Nomad basic variant cover is sixty. So let's see. So far, there's 367 people that have the the foot soldier basic. Yeah. Uh, 70 that have the uh, basic uh, variant cover for Nomad. Uh, Ninja Warrior Core, which is both books and the basic covers, is 100. <laughs> Old school fan, uh, black, white, and red core. <laughs> core book is 110. The uh, Mutimal uh, Warrior Variant Covers Core is 120. 120. 
the core retailer, which is multiple copies of the book, is one fifty. Yeah, uh, that's like, the that's for the retailers. Yeah, shops. Yeah, I've bought under retailer tiers before. <laughs> Just because, well, I got more than one. Uh, right. Mystic uh, foil covers are one sixty. Yay. Uh, the Radical Rogue foil covers miniatures are three hundred. The Cowabunga Cowboy foil covers and, and dice the dice are three ninety. The Grand Retailer is four twenty. <laughs> yeah, because you're gonna be smoking something if you think I'm paying four twenty for a journal book. Uh, Time Lord is everything. Yeah. Uh, 888. The TCRI Alien Survivor Galactic Collector is $1,000. The Alien Renegade Collector is 1100 I don't know what the difference is between these. Oh, that's the Survivor. This is the Collector. Uh, the Ultimate Benefactor is 3K. None left. Yeah. Usually, usually they block these out with sold out, but they want people to look at them and start drooling and then go, "What? What do you mean there's none left?" It's crazy, but yeah, that's yeah. It was by the time the damn thing rolls over, this will this will this will kick two million, probably. Oh, at least it it basically has like a month left. That's what I'm saying. It's made, I mean, it's made half a million in, you know, 500,000 in four days. So it's got a damn th 26 days. It'll at least hit 2 million. Mm -hmm. Oh shit. It just went up again. Good Lord. 503,769. Yeah. While we're 3,176 backers. Okay. I'm getting depressed because my bank account doesn't look anything like that. Dang it. All right. So let's get into this awesome book. <laughs> RPG bullshit. Damn it. There you go. Property that everybody loves. So damn right we're going to charge an nominal leg for it. <laughs> Maybe two. You're going to have to sell your shell to afford this game. Uh, dude. You know, they used to know how to draw uh, uh, risque covers. <laughs> this, yeah. one's, this one's pretty rough. <laughs> yeah. Tales of the Kit, Crypt 32, Terror from EC Comics. And uh, we've got featuring the Crypt Keeper, Vault Keeper, and the Old Witch. Uh, yep. Covers by Jack Davis, who died not too long ago, actually. Yeah. He lived over on St. Simon's, I think it was. Um uh, freaking elephant like stepping on this lady or something ah but once you read that story you're like i feel too bad exactly <laughs> um i did leave some of the ads in here just so you could see um because uh, they were there i read uh, the prose uh short story too i read most of it um and then uh skipped the, the second half i was a little tired um, dude, I love the weird science cover. The this the, those covers are so class classic. Mm -hmm. But they had what they had Tales of the Crypt, 
uh, Cryptotear, Vault of Horror, Weird Science, Weird Fantasy, uh, Crime Doesn't Pay, Two-Fisted Tales. God, I can't remember what else. Um, but yeah, dude, they had... Like they, eight to ten different books, yeah. And they were some of the best stuff ever. And then there's all they they had the narrator for most of them, yeah. Um, and Jack Davis does the art on the first one, Crypt of Terror. You know the the other thing too about reading these '50s comics that I forget sometimes is man, they had a lot of words in them, but they still read pretty pretty quickly. Yeah, they 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 the flow on it is really good. Yeah, um, and I always love the the narrator here. Like our narrator in our modern books just kind of tells you the story goes along. The back in these old books, they uh, they're actually little characters themselves. They pop in all the time, like on the TV show, and then say little smart ass things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, the first story here, because so this has come out in the fifties. Did it show what year? Uh, Fifty. Fifty two. So this is essentially. Uh, eight years after the end of world war ii so um yeah come on in friends come to the crypt of terror once again we meet our chivalry session lets our host in horror the crypt keeper opening this mad mag with the terrifying tale guaranteed to curl your hair and curdle your blood several issues back i told you a yarn about a butcher which proved popular one avid fan sent me a cleaver with the complete directions for what we wanted what he wanted me to do with it but i didn't sink uh, but it didn't sink in, so I decided to tell you another story about a butcher, one that I'm sure will tickle your spare ribs. I call this meaty little morbid melodrama as the nauseous cannibal remarked in on a partially hot day, taint the meat, it's the humanity. <laughs> the take off on, it's yeah. not the heat, it's the humidity. <laughs> exactly. But you'll get a bitch slapped. <laughs> get a bitch slapped damn it uh yeah the so the first story is cool because it goes back it's talking about world war ii and he says remember attention world war ii when uh just uh you know the butcher shop you know the butcher here was just another guy in this town but during the war because he was the only way to get meat everybody had to have their red points and their ration cards he become the most popular guy in town mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Suddenly, old Zach found himself the most popular man. He's not. He's the only butcher. Remember those days, kiddies? Ration books, so many red points for each pound of meat. So many red points allowed each person per month. It was pretty tough. The situation that is. <laughs> so, so, the first story, our, uh, our. You know why, little... you know why vegans can't have pudding? <laughs> why? Because you can't have any pudding if you don't eat your meat. Because you don't eat your meat, damn it. Yeah. Uh, so the first story, we've got a small town with a butcher who becomes popular during the war because he can get the meat. Um, and he's the only one there. But, of course, he's he's being he's honest and he only has a certain amount. He's, you know, he's, he's down to salami or whatever, no meat, and, you know, only when he can get it. And finally, one day, I guess it's one of the, I don't say crime bosses or bigwigs in the town comes to him and says, hey, you know, I'd really like some meat, um, you know, some steaks or something. 
but the butcher doesn't have any steaks. And the guy says, well, it doesn't matter. You know, I don't have, you know, um, I'll pay you cash for the steaks if you can get it. Um, and then he's like, but, you know, that's the black market. He says, you're supposed to use your points. He says, well, there's, you know, no telling how long, you know, the world lasts. You might as well make some money while you can. So the butcher decides he's going to think on it. <laughs> yeah, I love this. And here comes our little crypt keeper. 1,000, 2,000, just counting my loot from my black market operation during the war when there was a shortage of caskets. I dug them up. You know, all I had to do is clean and polish them off. <laughs> so uh, he thinks about it. And finally decides that, uh, yes, he'll do what he can to, you know, to save his, uh, the meat and sell it straight to the, to the guy, the criminal guy or the big wig for cash. So he tells him, he says, here's your steak, 10 pounds. Here's your 30 bucks. So he's selling it for $3 a pound. During the, during the 40s, that was a hell of a lot of money for a pound of meat. <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, my God. That's today's prices uh, on a good day. Uh, the yeah, but I can't get any more. I don't have enough points, that is. I'm giving the leftovers to the townsfolks. You could figure something out, Mr. Gristle. The folks in town pay points for their meat. Isn't there any meat you can get without red points? So he's got to come out with some way to get meat. And then he finally dawns on him. What about all the dead horses and stuff in town? <laughs> so he starts selling horse meat to the people in town. And they give him their points, which he uses to buy real meat and sells to the bigwigs. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then when he's running out of meat for that, now he starts to sell old meat. <laughs> old bad meat. Bad meat, yeah. You see, it's spoiling. green. Yeah, it's already spoiling people. Uh, it, looked, it looked like he unwrapped it, and it was like a dead hyena in that package. <laughs> yeah, or dead. It's already it's already partially rotten. We were gonna put it in the ground. He's like, I'm supposed to send this to the uh, to the animals, you know, the animal farm. He says, uh, you know, not a word to anyone. <laughs> and then now the he's got to actually get sick. People start getting sick from the meat. Um, <laughs> and imagine why no um, and of course the the poor butcher's doing this for his wife and kids to a degree but he also wants to you know get wealthy while he can and uh, the damn I guess it's the carcass collector comes to the house he says uh, he says he's telling me to pick up another load of the slop what the stale meat the junk the stuff he's been selling uh, as good stuff, you know. Oh, yeah, I'll tell him. So the wife, now finding out that the husband's selling bad meat, goes down to the damn butcher shop and runs into him and uh, Mr. Vandercliff there. And she's like, oh, no, don't. It's a stale old horse. You know, it may be horse meat. Oh, but he says, no, it's, it's this is good stuff, Mr. Russell. I pay six bucks a pound for this. Zach's regular customers get the junk. <laughs> <laughs> One, why why does Mr. Vandercleef look like Red Skelton? <laughs> I don't know. 
with a couple extra pounds on them. Yeah. Because uh, they lead you to believe this is like, you know, a mob boss. Yeah, something like that. Right. When's the last time you saw a ginger mob boss? <laughs> they they must exist. Have, must have been the Irish mafia. Yeah, they exist. Yeah, yeah, bot kid, bot kid to Sarah with the quick numbers. <laughs> she just get, she gets fuming at him. You know, you got to stop screaming at him. She's going to turn him in. You know, you'll, you know, you got to stop. This is against the law. Yeah, old snort sells gasoline. Find out about you know, Fern's tire racket. Everybody's doing it. Why shouldn't we do it? So he just keeps on going on. Mm -hmm. Um, selling the bad meat horse meat, whatever the hell he can get. And uh, <laughs> then uh, now we find out that, did you hear? Mr. Crombie, he died. He was poisoned. Somebody think his sister-in-law did it. Poison? They're performing an autopsy. Excuse me, Miss Gilbert. I'd like to close up. So now we find out that the poison, the meat is so bad, he's killed like four people in town for food poisoning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Wilbur. Yeah. So he's gonna hop, grabs his buddy. He's gonna grab his buddy and get the hell out of town. Pack yeah. your things. We're leaving. You're in trouble. They found out. I warned you. Uh, I warned you not to sell a horse meat. It's worse, Sarah. Four people are dead. <laughs> I sold them tainted meat. You what? You're a murderer. I, I did it for us, Sarah. For you and Junior. Junior. He's eating at Herb's Horton's. Herbie Horton's house. Horton, she bought some meat. So now they go over to see Junior, who's so sick to his stomach, he dies. <laughs> then the wife, uh, she kind of loses it. <laughs> I do like the last little panel there. When they unlock Zach Gristle's butcher shop the next morning, they found Miss Gristle standing behind the counter, staring into space. She wore a blood-stained apron, and around her neck before the meat and showcase, Zach Gristle had been clumsily carved and laid out in the various trays. And she's just like, tainted meat, tainted meat, tainted meat. <laughs> Welcome to Soiling Green, the butcher shop. Yeah, she hacks his ass up and puts him in there to, to sell and lo loses her mind. <laughs> yeah. If you ain't hungry, you can win the shop. I think... For a first story, I thought this one was really good. I was like, as soon as I turned this page and I, I saw that, and I was like, oh yeah, God, she, she took him out. <laughs> yeah, you knew what happened. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you knew what happened because you're there. <laughs> she chopped his ass up. Yep. <laughs> now, this one has, uh, this one's arts by George Evans, The Vault of Horror roped in yeah this, this was so good this one you really like this one i thought it was i thought it was a good cautionary tale yeah well to a, yeah to a degree yeah yeah so this story is pretty cool it's a there's a uh, construction firm and they're building all these you know government buildings and everything and the police show up to talk to this guy and make sure, you know, hey, you know, you're so-and-so, you know, you were in charge of construction of this, uh, this school, or not school, hospital. And uh, he said, well, the hospital floor collapsed, and they've done a study the on ceiling, the concrete. Yeah. yeah, the ceiling. 
and uh, there's too much sand in the concrete mix. So the building collapsed. <laughs> and uh, because you're the one who signed all the paperwork, ordering the materials, you're obviously skimming off the top and ordered subpar materials for this building contract. And you caused the death of these people. <laughs> death of 21 hospital patients. And of course, the guy's like, this isn't true. You know, we, we can't do it. There's got to have been a mistake. But they haul his ass down to the clink anyway. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and after they haul their butt down to the clink, the other three partners in the firm go to talk about it. And we discover that they're actually the ones that have been letting him order the stuff. And then they're substituting subpar materials and like pocketing sand. like sand <laughs> and pocketing the difference for themselves. So they get the good stuff. Yeah. They, they put the crappy stuff on all of his jobs. Yep. And then they resell the good stuff to somebody else. Yeah. And pocket the difference. Um, and what's funny is, is so they've been get apparently it's been going pretty well for them because they did a school, but it hasn't collapsed yet. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> exactly yet uh so they're talking about it and they're like well it doesn't matter you know he signed all of the paperwork there's plenty of you know he's just surrounded by this web of you know circumstantial evidence that shows he's guilty <laughs> so he goes to court and sure as hell they find him guilty of manslaughter and put him in jail and he, he's just like i'm innocent i'm innocent Oh, terrible. Yeah. So now with their partner out of the way, nobody suspects them of anything. So uh, they're out still shopping for jobs and they get a job in uh, uh, to build a dam outside of La Plaza in Bolivia. So they're going to fly down. They've got a private plane. They're going to fly down and check it out. And of course, on the way down, the weather gets really bad. Um, and they're having to dip. And as they dip, they go between two mountains. And the plane actually gets stuck. It just stops in the air. So they're like, you know, you know, hey, we're, we're between those two barriers of the mountains. We're just hanging in, in midair. So you're right. So they get out, and it looks like they're actually on some sort of cables, like a net or something. Mm -hmm. So uh, one of the guys gets out, and he gets his flashlight, and he's going to go around and try and find out what the hell they're on. And uh, you could just see him, you know, suddenly the flashlight blanks out and the night's filled with blood curdling shrink. He's like, ah, ah, this is good Lord. So they decide because you can't damn see we ain't got a flashlight in the middle of the night. We're going to stay in the airplane until the next day. Uh, so when the sun comes up, they begin to wig the way out. And there's a damn big ass spider strung between the two mountains. Big. I saw this, and the first thing I thought of was Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings? <laughs> Where they go to eat the hobbits? Yep. Uh, and then they and the damn spider attacks them, and of course it, it eats them. And uh, But the old poor guy back, the innocent guy back at the jail, he still lost his mind. He just can't deal with it, him being in jail. So, uh, it's just, it's, so after a wager, Ellis and Buckley... Uh, trapped uh, 
trapped Morgan in a web of evidence and they were trapped in one themselves, a real web. If you're wondering if spider like that really exists, next time you see a local spider, ask if they ever heard of the South American crawler. <laughs> I don't think spiders talk. Yeah. But. So you did read all of this? Yeah, I'd read that. Yeah. What was what was it? Uh, greed doesn't pay is what it was. Greed doesn't pay. <laughs> that's that's pretty much what what it was. So the ending of it, uh, this guy's trying to find like his fortune in like diamonds and rubies and gold and everything. Yeah. Uh, he finds a secret entrance in the mountain, kind of like in The Hobbit, and uh, so. This idiot decides it's a good idea to, to ignore the cryptic warning carved <laughs> into the side of the mountain. Yeah, that's that he can't like read because it's not it's not in it's not in his foreign in his you know and it's not in English, so he doesn't know what it says. Uh, but the guy that's trying to warn him, he's like, "Yeah, whatever, stupid." So he just takes all these sticks of dynamite and puts them in. Like the where he can see the door, but you can't move it because it's a slab of rock. Hides behind a boulder, blows up all the dynamite and big chunks of rock and pebbles and everything in between is like blown everywhere. <laughs> and he can't wait to run down inside that mountain and get his get his fill of the treasure. Before he even gets in there. He looks up because something in his peripherals caught, caught attention. And he looks up to see the entire mountain crumbling. <laughs> because until he set off those charges, this mountain, not on, not including holding gold, silver, diamonds, rubies, and, and whatnot, is a dormant volcano. Oh, shit. Before he can move, black lava <laughs> is hitting the ground around him and burning the skin off his legs. <laughs> and before he knew it, he was covered in the whole thing. The end. Uh, they, they, they describe what happened to him with the lava hitting him. Uh, quite. It was painful to read. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> And you, because of my wounds, I was like, whoa. You can, uh, uh, you can also order, uh, here it is. These were huge back in the day. I have actually never read one of these. The uh, Bible stories, picture Bible storybooks. Mm -hmm. 232 pages. I've got one. It's not one of those, but I've, really? I've got one. My mother bought it for me when I was when I was a little kid. I still have it. And uh, my friend Keith out in Connecticut, uh, him and his wife and the kids came up to visit one time. And he knows, obviously, of my love for comics. So yeah. he, uh, he brought up basically an entire comic book of the Bible. Oh, sweet. It's a big, big, fat book. And it's basically got, you know, all the major, you know, Adam and Eve and Cain and Abel, uh, the biblical Cain and Abel, not the ones from House of Secret. Yeah. <laughs> or House of Mystery. Uh, and, you know, Noah and all that, 
you know, all those millions of stories in the Bible, all done in, in like comic book form. Oh, sweet. Yeah, I've never actually read one. I've seen some, you know, I've read some in Sunday school and stuff like that. Little bitty stories, but not never one of the big, like the the comic ones. Yeah, the uh, I remember back in the back in the seventies, they had uh, the uh, the Bible the Bible stories as like a treasury edition. Yeah, uh, and it was it was basically they drew Charlton Heston as a cart as a as a comic book character <laughs> after he dropped the third tablet um, <laughs> after he dropped the third tablet. um all right i didn't read the story but i did read pretty much all of the uh, letters page did you read any of this no i did not um i was a little shocked at some of these damn letters the main one that got me all right you ready <laughs> he says so uh uh the, the this one is from someone from england and they're like you know hey thanks you know i'm getting your magazine in england love it keep sending it up but then this one here is this dear crypt keeper your stories are the most revolting repulsive most disturbed disgusting i've ever read when i read your magazine it makes me sick to my stomach i'm not alone in my in this opinion all my friends think the same thing keep up the good work <laughs> <laughs> And then the next one, which really was just the wording of it, is, dude, it would be, it would, it would set off alarms today. Uh, dear Crypt Keeper, I would be most pleased if you would send me a set of photographs. I've decided to end it all, and that this is the quickest way I know. Enclosed is a fearful fee required. <laughs> so, for for any of you other grateful ingrates who are looking for a way to be advised that the five seven autograph photograph reproductions of vko uh uh vault keeper uh old witch and myself are still available and will be available sometime so there's no rush mail your quarter in anytime few battered copies of tales of terror kicking around too likewise two bits subscriptions full year six issues six bits 75 cents in a coin of realm to you unheap heaps send complaints and compliments picture orders uh tales of terror order subscription orders <laughs> it's like oh my god but yeah i've decided to end it all <laughs> like really wow yeah and they're like oh we gotta print this letter yeah it's <laughs> just the way it is uh this one was cool this is this was almost like a like a little tales to oh god what is, it, what is it like ray bradbury tales or something yeah read the stark horror two men found in a game of cutting cards this is by i see the artist now fred fred yerk i can't make out the last name fred something no hambick <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't think it was Hambick. I'm like, what? Little swirly cartoons. Yeah, no, he drew. Yeah, he drew little weird, weird knees on everybody. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> damn it! So this one has got two gamblers, and both of them are the big wigs in town, and neither, neither one can stand each other. So they finally decided, you know, hey, this this the whole world isn't big enough, so we're going to gamble. 
I'm willing to gamble to see who lives. You're bluffing. Okay, we'll draw cards. Loser dies. Choice of his own method. <laughs> like, no, I'm not doing this game. I don't care how damn good I am. I'm not. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. so they're going to pull high cards and see who gets the highest card. Whoever loses has to kill himself. <laughs> of course, they both pull aces. So they're like, damn it. So he says, hey, I got a simpler method. Get your revolver. How about Russian roulette? This is a comic book, dude. This is a comic book. A magazine. For, for kids. You sure? Russian roulette. So he gets the roulette, he gets the gun. He takes the, the revolver from the gun and removes all but one bullet. We go in sequence, alternating. I'll go first. Okay, I'm going to spin the chamber. So... The other dude spins the chamber, and he puts it up there. He puts the gun to his, to his temple. Odds are five to one. Click. <laughs> he hands it to Lou. Now the odds are four to one. Click. And they keep going. Dude, I was like, I was reading it. I'm like, this is, this is not good. Yeah, I was I, just like, I was just like, uh, I could, I could not do this. I would just have to, you know. Yes. This, this, do you remember the X-Files episode where Mulder does this? Yes. Yeah. Where he, mul I, that's what I was thinking when I was reading it. Now, when it was starting to get low at like this point, what did you think was going to happen? Just out of curiosity. I thought whoever had the gun was just going to point it at the other guy and shoot him in the face. Yes. That's what I thought. I'm like, when he gets down to that, he's just going to shoot the other guy. So, no. But no, <laughs> no. He goes on. The gun misfires. And then the it's guy will just. Dud. Yeah, it's a dud. He's like, it's a dud. You dirty bastard. You do it all the time. That's why you wanted to go first. You wanted to see me crawl. And the guy's like, I'm not a cheater. I didn't know it was a dud. Are you accusing me of cheating? Yes. Okay. So then I got a, such a big shot gambler. Accept my challenge. We're going to play chop poker. Okay, to the finish. To the finish, call your doctor and I'll get mine. So they call their doctor buddies. <laughs> because chop poker is like strip poker, except you don't take any clothes off. You just chop off body parts. Exactly. So they You start. would have thought that they would, They both would have bled out in like the first like 15 minutes. <laughs> or something. Uh, especially, I mean, after they start getting, you know, depending on how many, how, how far this goes. But it goes pretty far. So they start hacking off fingers. Just the pinky. I like the whole. He does it. He, he looks away. Uh, but uh, he says, but Lou and Gus never did play chop poker to the finish. They played all night and into the next day. But they had to quit towards the evening. Seems neither of them could deal the cards. <laughs> it shows them they're in like a hospital. And they have no arms or legs. And they're playing like checkers. <laughs> moving the damn pieces around with their noses. Uh, and when he's going to king somebody, he has to get a piece of chewing gum to stick it up there. His nose. So he can stick it to the damn pieces. And I'm like, good Lord. Oh, God. You know, yeah. one of y'all could have just like walked and like gone to the next town. Yeah, just left. Uh, 
Now, the last story is by Gasly. Um, I cannot remember his real name, but he taught art in the Midwest after this, after his comic book career. Mm-hmm. He went out to the Midwest, I think it was, and taught art um, and really never talked about it anymore after this. But he was, a lot of people say he was like one of the best, if not the best of the artists there. And you can look, the old witch is amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The witch's cauldron, squash anyone, peanuts and popcorn. <laughs> so the this one takes place at the circus. Um. We get done with this. I'll, I'll, I'll ask you something uh, about a movie, and we'll see if you've ever seen it. So <clears throat> now that we, this is back when we could have animals at the circus, and they're having an elephant, you know, show, and uh, they have the beautiful woman lay down, and the elephant's gonna like pretend to step on her, but he's just gonna touch her nose, and then he picks his foot up, and everybody screams and hollers, and it's amazing. Um, and uh, that's that's kind of the show, besides the elephant going around. Uh, so after the show gets up, Renee here and uh, her husband go back to the uh, to their little cart where they live, their, their little trolley cart there. Inside the trailer is crowded. It's messy. Colorful costumes screwed about. Books and magazines are everywhere. And he's like, you know, hey, would you? she's like, would you like to go into town? Not tonight, Renee. I'm tired. Not tonight. Not tonight. That's all I hear. I'm not staying around and after this dump. Well, I'm not stopping you from going into town, Renee. So she changes into like a nightgown or an evening dress. And she's like, you know, uh, stepped out of her uh, scanty costume into the street dress. It's a heck of a marriage. Might as well be married. You might as well be married to your elephant. Then divorce me. And she's, oh, no, it's not that easy, buddy. You're stuck with me. I'll never give you a divorce without a fight. It's going to cost you a penny. Well, Renee, we've been through all this before. So she just storms off. And uh, after she leaves, we see that the reason he didn't want to leave is because he's actually seeing somebody else. (laughs) Lita is her name. And she comes over. uh, Oh, Milo. And they, they all get to talking. And she's like, did you tell her? He's like, no, I, I didn't tell her because she just wants a divorce. And so now Lita is going to put the damn screws to him. Either you tell her, get rid of her, um, you kill her, whatever, make it a terrible accident. No, her, you know, if you don't get rid of her, you can't have me. <laughs> this guy is just a, a Buck Cherry song, you know, crazy bitch. <laughs> yes. Because it's all he goes for. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. My, she's, you know, and he's like, well, how could I kill her? You could have the elephant step on her. But she's, you know, I'd have to signal her. It would be murder. Exactly, darling. And no one would ever know. You could act shocked. You could blame it on Emma, the elephant. Claim that she disobeyed you. I'd have to shoot her. You could train another, my darling. A new wife, a new elephant, whole new life. I don't know. I just don't know. <laughs> either th- either that or me. I'm not out for this secret meeting nonsense. I want you all the time or not at all. <laughs> what so, he should have done is not at all. And not of all. <laughs> and still done what happens in the story, but at least 
<laughs> you can you can take a pause. Yeah, you go away, lady. So, come the next night, he does what she says, and he signals the elephant to put her foot down. When it's supposed to, you know, the elephant can't really see what it's doing. It's it's supposed to, it watches him when it puts the foot down, but he tells her to put it down before she moves her foot. And the elephant smishes the wife. <laughs> so if you want to get a good look at the wife, Look back to the cover. Yeah, you're gonna have to go back. You're gonna have to go back a couple pages because after this, you can't see her no more. Nope. Uh, and then, of course, she screams, "Dude, look! Hold it! She's not. She's nothing but a pap smear on the elephant's foot now." But no, look at the middle page. You can see the damn elephant's foot and see her arms flailing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like... Holy shit! Like Jesus. Yeah, ah. it's like a roach motel for wives. <laughs> wives check in, but they don't check out. <laughs> so, but it scares the damn elephant. The scream does, and she mm -hmm. does. She kind of goes a little mad, and the guards there they just rush up and they empty their rifles into the elephant because you know it's a mad elephant. And of course, you know everybody comes, and now you could just see like there's her hand, and where her head would be up here at the edge is gone looks like a splattered watermelon exactly don't look at her milo it's horrible and of course he's you know he he does the the grieving husband renee i'm so so sorry and then later you know that evening far away from the circus it was so simple darling so simple i told you milo now wait a few months just to make it look good then we'll be married and i'll begin training another another element from now on it's smooth sailing for us, Milo. Come here, baby. Dude, she was crazy. He should have known all the warning signs. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, much. This, this is like Jessica Rabbit if she smoked crack. <laughs> Something. <laughs> Months later, he's got, they're married. He's been training another elephant. And now she's the new person. The other thing is, dude, if he's done it one time and you piss him off, he's liable to have the elephant kill you especially if you're in the act but they uh they go around back on the circuit and finally the circus comes back to the town it returns to the town where the accident happened a year previous the night of the opening performance milo and lita stood beside the tent um i'll be glad when this week's over just leave this place renee is buried here and so is emma don't think about it so they're going to go on into the uh, the circus, and there, there's a low rumbling. They hear another elephant, and uh, they, they think it's their current one. And he says, no, it's not. And Emma and Renee, the dead elephant and, pre and wife, have returned from the dead as, like, zombified, rotting monstrosity. And... It kills them both. <laughs> it's it, because elephants never forget. <clears throat> it smashes, smushes her ass, and throws him into the damn ground and kills him. And then after that, just turns into like slime. And the old witch is like peanuts and popcorn, and <laughs> and pestilent slime. <laughs> yep, I even got cotton candy. 
and a whole trunk full of rotten tasting stuff. Bye now. We'll see you next in the Vault Keeper's Mag, the Vault of Horror. <laughs> that was it. And then we get some cool ads. The old planes you could get, little mm-hmm. wind up propeller. Yeah. And then, you know, are you skinny? Are you sick? You know, the Charles Atlas exercise there makes a man out of you. And then you get a chronograph and calendar watch. Eight ninety five. Dude, eight ninety five was a hell of a lot of money for a watch back in the day. Yeah. That was a nice ass watch. Um I wanted to do a horror book for Halloween because we really I don't think we've ever done an EC book. We've done a story or two out of them. Just to yeah, highlight we've never, we've never done a whole book, yeah. A whole book. Um, and you can see, we talk about Bruce Jones all the time on the top podcast. Oh yeah. Because he, he talks about growing up reading this stuff and how he, he really got that, that four or five page. And then you get the, the, the freak ending down, which he does. Um, he was amazing at it or still is. He doesn't work like he used to. Um, a couple of the stories I like better than other ones, but that's going to happen in any book. But yeah, all of these, dude, the writing was good. They read easy. The art was pretty much amazing for the time period. Yeah. Um, and I really like the fact that the, the narrators just pop in with little quips constantly. The, the clever stuff that they had all the narrators say in their stories uh outright anything in modern comics today because <laughs> it's like they don't they don't know how to do this i'm like oh yeah was it all right yeah all right so you ain't hungry you could window shop can't you not interested maybe you'd be interested in attending a formal banquet given by ghouls zombies werewolves and vampires, black market body syndicate in honor of Zach Gristle. <laughs> you, he will be served. <laughs> Damn it! Oh, his last name was Gristle, <laughs> and that's what he got turned into. I just got it. Yeah, <laughs> and the cover is amazing. I mean, oh, that, yeah, that's a classic cover. The covers on those were just so good. I was thinking about doing the one where, um, but I couldn't find it. I couldn't find a, a, a copy to send to you, a digital copy. The one where um, he, uh, uh, the one with the guy holding the, de- the dead head on it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Homaged, that was mm-hmm. on the Senate subcommittee. It's right there. Um, but I couldn't find a copy of it. Um Oh yeah, so the movie talking about the the circus at the end. Have you ever seen Freaks the movie? No. Really? Okay, so that'll be your homework for next week. Watch Freaks between now and next week. Is it I think it's on YouTube. Let me look. It was uh, 
I know you've seen Dracula. Oh yeah. Every version thereof. Okay, we were talking about Bela Lugosi. Yeah. Earlier, right. Yeah, I, I I own the originals. Okay, well, um, it looks like buy or rent you so you can watch it there may be a uh, a free one on here yeah we can't show trailers on here people will freak out but <clears throat> freaks is todd browning's second film after dracula and it pretty much ruined his career he had to get out of hollywood after this um and it was banned was was he the was, was he the guy that made the uh uh Bram Stoker Drac Dracula? Yes. Okay. And the reason being is if you watch the movie Freaks, it has real live circus freaks from the 30s actually are the stars in the movie. So you have like the pinhead people and you've got uh little people and you've got, you know, the your bearded ladies and there's a whole well there's a now dude. we supposedly have bearded ladies <laughs> well, well there's got bearded ladies and all that and then you get the uh you get the human uh i think he's called the human caterpillar in there there's a bunch of stuff it's worth watching that's why it was banned until probably the late 90s i think wow <laughs> um I've seen it a couple times. Um, I'll, I'll Google it afterwards and see. Uh, 1932. You know, where, uh, I, where I can actually watch it. Pre-code drama horror produced by Todd Prowning, Sauce Wallace Ford. Uh, Lon Chaney must have been in it. At a, filmed in 31. Hold on. Where does it say it was? It was banned. Hold on. Class conflict, disability. Um, yeah, dude, it was it was like it was gone. <laughs> but watch it, and you, we can talk about it next week. <laughs> if you, what book did you pick out? <laughs> uh, well, first a little bit of news. Uh, there's been some big lot sightings of the exclusive uh amigo figures oh sweet so people have been picking them up uh they look to be priced at 19.99 a piece plus okay. tax uh removable cowl batman 66 um the robin the uh the george reeves superman, superman. because it had like the different chest symbol so it's it's the exact same figure they just put a new decal on his chest and uh and joke it's supposed to be like a 66 joker yeah it looks a lot like the 50th anniversary joker i already have but i will never say no to buying another joke no so um so they're showing up um a lot of people are like running in buying a set you know and then flipping them yeah Buying sets, you know, buy a set, flip them, you know, as, as like four exclusives and, you know, 
course, dealers will just go in there and, you know, clear the whole shelf off. Dang it. You know, so. I'll have to go check big lots tomorrow when I leave work. I just, I just want, uh, all of them. So. Don't want much, do you? <laughs> nope. I don't want much tall. Don't want much tall. So a book for next week. Let me call it my CLZ. Uh-oh. It's going to be something completely random. Yes, it will be. Something random and unexpected, but not the tales of the unexpected. <laughs> I'm flipping. I'm flipping through a list here, and I'm like, "Nope, we've done that one. Done that one. Done that one." The suspense is killing me. I know you're like, hurry the hell up, asshole. <laughs> I want to have a snack and go to bed. Says the movie what the movie was a box office bomb, recorded a loss of hundred and sixty-four thousand dollars. You know what else is going to be a box office bomb to a higher number? <laughs> Marvels. Marvels. <laughs> uh, today the news hit that the uh, that the director walked out and quit during post production. Yeah, I heard that. Uh, and the uh, the thief that uh, gave all his stolen money to. Uh, the Democratic Party, uh, Max Freed from FTX, uh, was found guilty in court today. Oh, Lord. Oh, yeah, well, that was coming. Yeah. It's like, can I get out? No, you can't get out of this. I'm sorry. Have we ever done Batman 300? No. Not 300. I had this book as a kid. I no longer have it, but try and look, see which one it is. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've read this one. Yeah. This is a pretty good issue, although this is Earth 2. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's Earth 2. Because it's got the better Robin costume. You know, the one where he wore pants. Yeah. Because 
<laughs> yeah, he's a little older here. Yeah, no, we can do this one. Cool. I saw I saw another one. I'm like, I remember we did like the first man bat. Yeah, four hundred. It was it was another man bat. But the man bat issue that I like the most is I think it's like issue eighteen of the Batman Family Run. Yeah, we may have done that one too. I'm not I, sure. I think we did that one too. But it was it was awesome. I'm like I know we did like we did four hundred and five hundred we did. So I'm like We need to oh. skip do two hundred, skip three hundred, do two hundred. <laughs> Whatever. There's only like what they only they said there's only twelve original stories in all of comic books. Oh my god. <laughs> so everything everything's just a variation. Everything's a variation. All right, we'll do three hundred next week. Oh. There's your lobby card. The story of the love life of the sideshow. <laughs> I don't think I'll if I find it tonight, I don't think I'll be watching it tonight because I'll probably like wake up screaming in the morning. All right. Well, I'll get certain, that over to you. Certain things you gotta you gotta watch while the sun's out. <laughs> while the sun's out. Um, I was contacted by uh, Age of Radio last night, and I gotta send uh, everything in. Uh, so basically, gonna be finalizing everything. So. Okay, Boomer will be like a podcast. Sweet. So I've been I've been downloading in uh, the audio and the video files like every week for like about a month or so. So we'll have a bunch of shows to put up like right away. Go from there. All right. So until then, we'll be back. Uh, I get to see it again. Same bat time, same bat channel next week for Batman. Three hundred. Three hundred. The original 300, which is a number that Batman will never reach again. No, because <laughs> they'll reboot just, the shit. We're just going to reboot it again. Yeah. Why? Well, we sell more number ones. Well, create a book that's worth putting a number one out for. You know, there's like 28 Batman titles now. Yeah. Oh, like, all right. So until then, uh, Read a comic book. Something. And, you know, read something. Read a book. <laughs> yes, I know. I'm not very good at that either. I read a short story today. What do you want from me? Damn it. <laughs> <laughs>